3.39 a.m. It's calm. No email, no tweets, no interruptions. Everything is still except for the need to write. Luckily, I've had this Reggie Black script on my mind. Now, each episode of Activated has what we call a poetic intro. It's a way to help us develop the core themes and takeaways from each conversation. We're not able to forecast when the process starts, but whenever it does, even at 3 a.m., it's time to create. So we promised something different in our intro episode, and it's something I'd like to uphold right here. We're creating this for you, our listeners. We want our audience to collect value from these conversations, a utility, stories to reference and draw inspiration from whenever needed. And like every good story, there's a similar structure. We like to think of each story as a wave. Now the characters ride on different parts, but they're always pushed along by the same force. And that's what leads our characters along. Now that force is in every story. We call it the guide. It's the energy that moves and supports the narrative. So who is Reggie Black? Reggie Black is our guide. The moral compass in our creative journey here at Candor Labs. So let Reggie make the first ripple. Guide his pen through the table of contents and straight into chapter one. We'll use black ink, but leave the rest to you. Untouched. This is Bakari of Activated Podcasts, The Spooks by the Door, Candor Labs. I'm here with Reggie Black. Yes, sir. A uh, multimedia artist mm-hmm. here based in Washington, D.C., but I don't yeah. even know if I can say based in Washington, D.C. anymore. Probably not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not anymore. Yeah, yeah, Wonderful. yeah. Wonderful. Well, how you feeling today, man? I'm good, man. I'm very good. I'm um, in between two weeks. I just got back from Hong Kong doing an exhibition, an art residency collaboration there. But I was there for like six days, which is a weird place to travel somewhere. Cause oh, sure like that yeah, you're like uh, just getting on their time zone and then you're coming home and trying to adjust to your own time zone. So, But I'm well, man. Happy to be here. This is amazing. I love what you guys are doing. So I'm just honored to be here and be able to have this conversation, man. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. No, We're thanks for having me. In Adams Morgan today, uh, which is a co-working space and cafe that which is you know, super me and our cool. business partners work out of. So, which is super cool. Yeah, man. And, they, and, and they I need the plug. Really nice. Yeah, so I need the plug. We really do, definitely want to give a big thanks to La Pop. Uh, Absolutely for having us today. So let's uh, let's get right into it. So let's go for it. Who is Reggie Black? <laughs> you know, where are you uh, from? Let's give us the background and, and how does how did you get into art? Um, born and raised in D.C. I uh, went to D.C. public schools. Um, Traveled a lot, went to Delaware State University for college, uh, dual major in marketing and business management, general business management, uh, husband, father, uh, brother, friend to many or few, however you want to look at it. Um, Self-taught artist. Uh, I've been pursuing art for about four years aggressively, let's say. Um, But to to rewind, uh, I've had... uh, lifestyle brands i've hosted parties and events here in dc i think i was ahead of my time in this city because i was doing a lot of things in 2005 that are kind of the the, the now. thing now yeah. yeah um so uh had a fashion label called black collection um a couple partners um what else have i done the list is long huh? the list is long <laughs> so I, i've i've been on it for a while man i, I think i've uh 
I grew up around entrepreneurs in D.C. Uh, growing up here in Chocolate City, it was um, predominantly African-Americans that own small businesses. So I, I like learned the ropes in my neighborhood in Petworth. Uh, everywhere you look, there was a black owned business that was teaching me something. Um, so I knew very early that I wanted to do entre- I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship as a lifelong goal. Um, I have no plans of retiring. Um, I'm just going to work until, because um, I, don't, I don't consider it work, so I'm just going right. to... You just live in life. Yeah, I'm just going to live and, and work and make sure that I can take care of my family and myself. You know, it sounds like you're the perfect person to talk about the future of content, mm. you know, because like you said, uh, a lot of with the clothing line and the event work and the creative space that yeah. you've been in in Washington, D.C., Yeah, I remember... It was funny when I talked to you because I thought about, man, maybe you were one of those cats that kind of inspired me to come to D.C. Probably. So many odd years. You know, it's 2005, it's 6, 7. I'm glad you're here, though, man. And, I'm, you know, I'm looking at where do I want to go to school. I'm looking at how, mm. and I see all these fly cats at, at yeah. D.C., and I see the culture down here, and I wanted to be a part of that. Wow. And, and to hear those things, I was like, yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. the brands. I remember seeing those things. Yeah, you, like, okay. D.C. has always been a very creative city, man. I think we've always had our own culture here. Um, the problem is we always like give it away. Mm. Um, we don't understand or respect the value that we have here. And then you see, as a result, you see what's happening now, uh, gentrification, or I remember growing up, there were urban, there were urban clothing lines. There were, um, events, parties, branding thing, all those things that you talk about wanting to come to the city. That yeah. was the that was the culture here, but I think somewhere along the lines we didn't a re- understand the power of it, mm-hmm. and then we lost the lost the power of it, or b we didn't care enough to pursue it to see wh- how far it could take us. Understood. Um, but I mean, it's always been a, a city of its own. I mean, I, I was telling uh, somebody I don't know who I was talking to, but I feel like DC um, gave me what I needed. It taught me about the world before I actually went out into the world. Yeah. Um, because no matter where we are in the world, there's some senses that D.C. just gives you as a child, as a kid growing up here that I, I don't think you can get in. Nah, I don't think so. So let's talk about um, your travels and kind yeah. of the artwork, you know. Yeah. How One, how did you get overseas okay. in, 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 in creating art? And, um, you know, where is that? Where does that art have you now? And where is that okay. going to put you in the next couple weeks, months, years? Cool. Um, so we took a leap overseas. My wife um, took a job overseas. My wife and son, my son went to um, international school abroad, went, finished high school there in Bangkok, actually. This is where we in, in Thailand. And um, first early on, I was very reluctant, man. I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm what Bangkok was about, what it was going to be. Um, but I'm always, I'm an extremist. I'm on one side or the other, man. Like either we're doing things very conservative or we're pushing the limits and we're going really hard. So, uh, when the family and I, we all kind of decided to uproot and move to Bangkok, I just knew I had to make it work. Um, and prior to that, I had no real like graphic design. I mean, I've always been an artist, but I've never, uh, had a, I guess a portfolio of things yeah, of if you yeah. will yeah, yeah of work um so when I got there I just really poured in I met some really amazing people like very early on that kind of saw potential in me that I didn't that I didn't see in myself yeah. and I was like you know man in order for you to kind of move things along you're going to have to enhance your skill set yeah. enhance your knowledge enhance your ability to articulate yourself visually and professionally and so uh my time there I don't I don't know if uh 
I think the Asian culture is another conduit of my love for art because there the stationary scene is very heavy. Yeah. Um, so everywhere you go, there's art supplies, there's people creating something. I mean, you can randomly grab somebody on the street and they know how to work Photoshop, InDesign, Lightroom. I mean, everyone there is just very talented at skill. So when you're in that environment, when you're walking around amongst these people that just are naturally talented, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Yeah, so you just want to dive into it. So uh, I want to take a couple steps back because you talked about how you were into business and yep. you were always into the creative scene. Yep. But now it's kind of like you're a full-time artist. Like, that's your thing. That's yeah. Your, that's your bread and butter. So where did the – I guess what I'm asking is where did the click happen? You know, mm. Where did the – point where it was like wow this is what I can do and this is where I want to take it at what point did that happen? wow that's a good question um I think my first my first exhibition in Bangkok mm. no maybe not before we left um I had a big exhibition in our house actually okay. where I turned the three-level house into an art exhibition wow. and I painted each room a different color and at that time my words was the only art form that I was doing. So I wrote quotes all over every room. Yeah. And, pe- and we just left our house open for like a whole weekend. It was like a pop-up experience. And okay. people just came in and looked around and read the quotes. The house that we live in today, this is where wow, it actually cool. happened. Um, and, the, and, and, the, and then that kind of like sent us off. Yeah. But I think having my first exhibition in Bangkok was the turning point because it gave me the confidence I mean, there's something about producing at home, yeah. right? Like, you have your natural market. You have your family and friends to support you. But when you're, like, 27 hours by air away in a foreign land where you don't speak Thai, you don't have many friend, any friends for that matter, yeah. um, and I would just always go to this one specific coffee shop, Ink and Lion. Shout out to Ink and Lion. And um, I would stay there every day and just work on trying to find myself, like trying to understand who I was going to be. And then I noticed that he had art in the wall, on the walls. And I was like, oh, you have exhibitions here. And he was like, yeah, because one thing about Asian generals that they have really amazing sense of making spaces multi-experience. Multi-use yeah, multi-use, man. They're, they're, they're masters at that. So I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, this is an art gallery as well. And so my first exhibition in Bangkok um, was, was titled Are You Using Your Voice, mm-hmm. um, which has become like a staple to my artwork now um that was the title of my ted talk um need to stop you're good okay um that was the title of my ted talk and so many things that just kind of has uh been rooted in that question um are you using your voice which is a public question to us all which is why i love what you guys do so much because this is an opportunity for us to get together and talk about ways that we can all enhance right the conversation of creativity content um, thought-provoking questions. So yeah, I, I think what was it, two thousand, two thousand fifteen? I think okay. my first exhibition in Bangkok that that turned it for me. It was like this work. Yeah, it, it gave me the it gave me the confidence. It was a moral victory. Awesome. It was a moral victory it's, for me. You know, I talk to a lot of creatives, and it's 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 crazy how many times the conversation of confidence mm-hmm. and getting confidence in your yeah. work is the conduit to expressing it to other people or showing totally. it to other people and what you're saying about being in a whole nother side of the world. You know, you show it to your girl, or you of show course. it to your family, they're going to be like, yeah, Everyone's a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> Every, my son calls them uh, refrigerator door kids. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, growing up, if you just created something and stuck it on a refrigerator door, they everyone always congratulates that and then they stick it on the yeah. refrigerator door. But, um, and I got this from him recently. We That's was at like, 
he's a uh, freshman at Micah. Okay. And um, so we was all up there and visiting him for school, and he just broke out with this whole refrigerator door concept. And I was like, "What the what the hell is that?" Nah, but um, smart, yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it, man. So uh, yeah, it's it's it has something to. Uh, There's a huge testament in, in leaving and becoming what you want to become. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we're going to circle back to that conversation. Cool. Um, so let's talk about one. Um, let's talk about the work that you produce. Okay. You said that you. Uh, specialize in a lot of print well what is your work or what would you classify your medium mm. as so I started with typography okay. and it, it's not even traditionally trained typography uh, growing up I used to always get like teased about my handwriting I grew up like mm. loving stationery but didn't know it was a thing at that time like yeah. growing up in DC I was just in love with like paper and pens and I didn't color that was the strange thing mm. like I didn't color I was just always fascinated by pens in specific paper but I didn't know that that was a whole world that was like out there yeah I didn't know like I just knew that I love paper and pens and that was the thing and so that was the first thing I like gravitated towards was Mm -hmm. so a lot of my early work was just black and white and was just quotes um and then from there um I was sitting in a coffee shop in Bangkok and this one guy um funky dog is his name (laughs) and he was just like man like like I, I see there's a lot of potential, but you're going to have to enlarge your like canvas if you want to become something. Mm. And so I just started picking up bigger markers, bigger sketchbooks, bigger. I mean, just that's just started to like the bigger get a, the, canvas, the, the bigger the canvas. Yeah. So okay. so that just kind of exploded. And then I met another good friend of mine who's a mentor of mine. Um, and he was just like, you know, well, in order for you to ever translate this into the real world, you know, products, signage. Uh, posters, yeah, artwork, anything tangible, you're going to have to learn Illustrator and Photoshop. Yeah. You know, and design the whole Adobe suite. And I had no idea what it was. Mm. So I picked that up, went on an aggressive learning curve to learn that. And my wife, she's always been very uh, forceful, no, very encouraging to figure out a way for me to take my hand and apply it to tangible things. Yeah. So that question was always in my head, like, how do I make these words begin to live on things? So that's when the exhibitions came. That's when my uh, experimenting experimenting with posters and postcards and um, merch and clothes and just all sorts of things started to happen. Because it's so graphic and abstract. Like, I wanted to figure out a way for it to kind of live on things instead of me just creating on the screen. So have any... um that's really cool. Have any brands actually approached you to like do that work? Not yet. Okay. I'm I'm pursuing that. Yeah. Or I think if anything, I might build my own brand. Yeah. Kind of going back to my early days of lifestyle I think, branding. I think that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I've been. I think that flight coming back has kind of yeah yeah yeah. Because yeah, yeah. everywhere I go, it's just like people instantly ask, "Well, where can I buy like your merch your or your yeah?" Your yeah, yeah. So like that, that that's the next phase. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So uh, tell it. How do you get into your creative space? Like, do you have a practice or, mm. you know, do you start your morning? Super away? early. Yeah. Super yeah. Early. Yeah. I'm a morning person. And I go to bed super, super early, too, though. Really? I'm like in bed by like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. <laughs> you remind me of my business partner. He's in bed by 10. Yeah. I'm, I'm bed, man, shout out to the those that go to bed early. No, I, I mean, um, I just love the mornings, man. Like, I absolutely yeah. love. I mean, you can get me from like. No exaggeration, like four to twelve, I'm like solid as a rock. Afternoon, mm. my brain is like fried. Wow. 
Um, but I love the mornings. I mean, exercise, meditation, mm-hmm. uh, morning pages, which is an exercise that I've adopted from Julia Cameron. Um, okay. Tell us where, more about that. So that? morning pages is essentially just a writing exercise. As soon as you wake up in the morning, I have a, a notebook and a pen by my bed. Mm. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you just brain dump. Yeah. Like you don't think, you just write. Um, and so I've, I've incorporated that for like four years, wow. four or five years. Every morning I get up and write three pages or 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, not like that size, but <laughs> more like a, you know, like a small journal. Yeah. Um, I write, I meditate. Um, most of the time I have, have breakfast with my wife. I'm very routine based. Routine like I, based. I don't, um, as adventurous as I am, there's still certain levels of structure that I have to have. Yeah. That then feed into the creativity. So I'm kind of at work at the same time. Yeah. Um, and what gets me in that creative space, I think, is environments. Um, I like to work out of coffee shops most of the mm-hmm. time because I like the environmental tones. I like yeah. to hear cups clattering. and you like the action. I love the action. I love the, the conversations. Yeah. Um, I like hearing the espresso machines or the, you know, I just love environmental tones. Yeah. Um, the pop is perfect for it, right? It's perfect, man. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have picked yeah, a better spot, perfect. man. I'm, I'm never leaving this place. Um, yeah, so I think that's the, I mean, ins- inspirational music, something to get me going in the morning. You know, um, I we ask this question on every episode of our yep. podcast, you know, how do you get into that space? And it's always interesting how many times you hear the, you know, I'm early to rise, I have a routine, yeah. you know, I, you know, me, I cherish my mornings, mm. you know, um, I remember you know, now I'm in a, I'm in a different lifestyle, so I've had to adjust. Yeah. You know, now, being an entrepreneur, but yeah. I remember when I was in the corporate environment. You know, it was Saturday and Sunday mornings. I lived for them. Mm. It was that six wow. to noon. Wow. You know, crack. See, what, crack what was dawn. what was the inspiration behind it? I can't. I can't. Wow. I can't say. I. You know what? It's, it came to me a couple years later. Um, I I I dabble in writing. Mm, okay. So it has to be something going on that I have to say, you know, I need to get this out. Okay. And so um, I fell into this pocket of, you know, getting up early maybe about two years ago. Okay. But then I found a journal entry that I had written from maybe five or six years ago. Wow. Speaking about the calm of the morning. Wow. That's it, man. That's it, man. And, and I didn't think about it. You know, I didn't put two, yeah. two together until recently. But now it's like I have to get up. I yeah. have to be up before everyone, before the yeah. hustle and bustle yeah. starts. Yeah. So that I can catch up with the. I world mean, it's the only time of the day that you're uninterrupted. Absolutely. Right, like your phone's not going off, emails aren't coming in, no one's bothering you. Like it's the best time in the morning. Yeah. To 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 just be dedicated to something, and you don't need a whole three hours. I mean, you can be productive with thirty minutes. Right. Just as much as you can with, you know, four hours or two hours. Like it's it's all about finding the time. Right. To make something happen, like that's really profound in a short amount of time. Because I think that limitations also help us. Yeah. Like, if you have too much time, my wife's, my wife's been trying to teach me this for years, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. If you have too much time and too many options, they kind of, like, you have the whole world as your oyster, but you, you produce nothing with it. You get decision paralysis. You get, that's right. That's right. And so you just, you end up not doing anything, or very little, considering how much you have available, have available to, you. to you. Yeah. 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 That's it. I, that concept applies to many people. Yeah. And I've struggled with that, too. Yeah. I've yeah. struggled for, for years. Awesome. Just too much. Starting cool. out, that was the... It was the number one thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Well, um, we're going to take a brief break cool. and get back to the audience really quickly and get into our second part of our conversation, but I love the way this is going, man, so awesome. I appreciate you. Thank and we'll you, get man. right back to it. Appreciate it. 
The coffee shop is a sacred place if you think about it. A space to start your day, regain your energy, connect with your peers, engage in discussion. It's a space where creatives of all walks can get their inspiration and talk life. The Pop Cultural Salon in Adams Morgan honors that tradition. Not only do we record Activated here, but it's also long been our workspace to meet creatives, soundboard ideas, and have a great chai latte. The vibes are always right, and the lo-fi music will always have your earbuds deep in your bag and out of reach. Real rap, if that's the vibe you're looking for, you should slide over there. The Pop Cultural Salon is located at 1847 Columbia Road in Adams Morgan. Drop in and feel the vibe. Wonderful. We're back. This is Activated Podcast. I'm here with Reggie Black, a multimedia artist. Yep. Uh, I can't even say based in Washington, D.C., a man of the world. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, what, did I, what was I used to say? Student of the world. Student of the world. Student of the world. Student of the world, Reggie Student Black. Student of the world. Yeah. Our first part of our conversation was uh, getting to know each other, you know, finding yep. out about your background, how, what led you to art. The second part of the conversation, you know, I want to dig deep about your art. Okay. But um, things that I've seen in your art, uh, things that I've interpreted, and kind of try and draw the thing, two things between us in Perfect. terms of feeding your creativity. Let's do it. So, when we first met, you know, something that struck me mm. uh, about you was I can clearly see you're a young man, mm. <laughs> but you're you're wise beyond your years. I appreciate you, that, brother. Yeah, yeah, man. And when you were when we were talking, you know, you mentioned. Uh, your wife, yeah. your son, and yeah. how, you know, you have a grown son to me in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's grown. You know, yeah. and, and so, uh, and now you do art, and you kind of, what I hear is that you're, I hear freedom, I mm. hear uh, comfort, mm. and I, I hear that you know what you're doing. Mm. So, um, uh, sometimes from a young man's yeah, perspective, yeah, 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 I hear yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know what you're doing. I mean, but it wasn't always just to let you, because it wasn't always this way. So that's my question. Okay. What has been your greatest teacher? Wow. Um, my greatest teacher. Structure. Mm, explain. Um, so before all these beautiful, I love those adjectives that you use to describe my life. <laughs> before all of that, I was an alcoholic. I was a party, party, party. I don't want to say party whore, but, you know, I was. Party animal. I was a party animal. Um. I don't think I was maximizing my potential because of the freedom. Mm. So it was just too much going on, and I was a lot of parts of my life weren't in place. I understand. Um, and I realized that structure was the only thing that could anchor me and root me into this new role of husband, father. Always have been. Yeah. But getting better at becoming a man, becoming a recovering alcoholic, uh, stopped drinking, five years sober, just passed. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Um, all of these things are brand, I mean, I won't say brand new, but they're all work. Work in progress. They're all work in progress, man. So uh, at 34 now, starting, I guess, this journey, 29, 30, this is just all yeah. very new to me. And I can clearly see the correlation between making a conscious decision to tighten up yeah. and how it has assisted or, I mean, for lack pushed my career. Absolutely. Because I don't think, not I don't think, I wouldn't have been able, I won't be able to do this living the other life. Absolutely. So I think like my biggest teacher is structure, like in the understanding of how life works or how things work, um, what's important, uh, compromise, marriage has taught me a lot of that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think structure, man. That's I think awesome. I think structure because it, it wasn't it wasn't always a place of knowing. I mean, I, we're talking yeah. we're talking ten. I mean, I printed my first T shirt in two thousand five, so I've been mm-hmm. pursuing entrepreneurship over ten years of trying to understand, trying to arrive at this artist that I am today. Yeah. This has been Here's over. A question for you. Yeah. Are you, are your parents entrepreneurs? No. So my mom is a, I will I call her a wise word, wise woman with words. Mm. And I'll tell you the importance of that because growing up, my mom didn't get a high school diploma. Okay. But she understood the importance of myself and my brother value in education. So growing up, I, I guess the reason why I'm so in love with words and narratives and books is because growing up, that's all we could do yeah. was read. read. Like, you know, summer, there was some summers we were looking at dudes out in the in the street playing football because we had reading summer lists we had yeah and dad just wasn't around mm. you know um but uh mom was a huge like advocate for education and once you have your once you have an education like there's nothing that people can take from you um so that that's that's where that that's I think, where that yeah from. that that's where it comes from that's really interesting. and just having your own like my mom has always been like you know like you know just just push you know, don't accept no for an answer yeah. and use your education as your weapon. Very um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So here's a question for you as well. Um, you're not professionally trained in art. Nope. Or in anything. You know, you're self-taught. Yep. And so, um, and honestly, I'm self-taught in this podcasting world. Which is know? the best way to be. Congratulations. It's absolutely the best way yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even going to go. We'll yeah. have a totally episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally different. I mean, I mean, that's that de- I think there's uh, there's definitely uh, I won't say pros and cons, but there's there's certain things you can learn from a traditional setting. But I think throwing yourself in there. So my question is, often when we're trying to take what's in our mind yep. and put it to paper or put yep. it to voice or put it to audio or to yep. video, we struggle. We, mm. we think, how do I do this? Or mm. this isn't coming out right. Mm. Uh, what have you struggled with in your art, in your learning experience? Did mm. everything just come out naturally? Or was it like, were there times where it was like, this isn't working? And what did you have to go, kind of go back and learn in order to get out what you wanted? Hmm. I had to go back and learn to be myself. Mm. Because I think as, as self-taught artists or as anyone that's starting any journey of a startup idea, because that's all that we're pursuing is startup ideas to evolve them into bigger things, right? Like, um, we copy or we look yeah. at our heroes or we look at the people that we admire and we try to produce their work. Yeah. Or something very similar or close to it. I mean, because we're all taking from our heroes right. to create something of our own, right? Yeah. But I think what happens sometimes people take inspiration. And then they just like mimic it to the point where it looks exactly like, like something what else. They were doing, yeah. um, so I think for me, I had to go back and learn just to be myself. Yeah. Um, because there's you, you only have your voice. So what's your? I think using your difference, like understanding who you are. Your otherness. Using your otherness, using your individuality, like understanding who you are and what you bring to the table. And yes, there may be a million other podcasts or there may be a million other artists or there may be maybe a million other photographers. But each and every one of us, we have our own unique taste, our own unique voice, our own unique perspective to bring to it. Yeah. So sure, there's another podcast, but it's not this podcast. Right. You know, like so that's what I love about 
creativity and art and artistry is that we all can contribute to the conversation. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I think I, I you did. Okay. Right. Sorry, I went on a, a these, tangent these, there. These uh, streams of consciousness get yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, just a it. little bit. So, um, you've mentioned uh, much of your work is phrases, words, quotes, yep. um, and I'll I'll admit that when I started, you know, dabbling in art, I won't call myself an artist, but I do use art as an expression. Yep. And one of my first ways to express myself through art was just using words or quotes that resonated with me or concepts yep. that I had thought about that kind of drive me and I kind of condensed them into a very short phrase. Yep. So actually, before I met with you today, um, I have like my 21 things that I remember, mm. things that I've lived by. Mm. And I'm, I told you about a couple of them, yeah. Stay Fed, yeah. Defeat yeah. Another. Yeah. Um, couple others that I read. Do you read them every day? I don't read them every day, okay. but I actually I actually just found them a couple of weeks ago. Okay. We just moved. There okay. been a fire. Things were packed away. Okay. But I, I read it, and one was like, um, losing your temper is clown shit. Mm. You know, just very simple ways mm. that I understand what it's saying, but wow. it's actually levels. Wow. I love that. <laughs> to what it was saying. I love that. But um, for you, what, what brought me to you was that when I was looking at your work, and I yeah. think it was from Seek Lost Art, which was your exhibit, you yeah. had the work that said as is yep. and that that piece is yeah. literally why I'm talking to you today wow. Um, wow because you know those two words to me it was like wow you have to accept the world as it is That's you move right. through the world as it is you, yeah in your stoic philosophy you can mm. only accept the world as it is and move mm. within it and yeah. then everything that comes to you you just interpret it that way you can't yeah. be idealist in what yeah. in those ways so uh, what's your interpretation of as is one mm. and two? Why words mm. and not images? Mm. For one, I can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's, real, um, That's real. I can't draw. That's um, how I started. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't draw. Um, but as is, though, I mean, I think when I got started, I was like, all right, Reg, like, how do we do this? How do we approach this? And the reality is that, like, being self-taught, you don't know any rules. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. you have to do, you have to go back and train yourself to learn the rules or acquire a little bit of the rules and then figure out ways to break them. Yeah. And being self-taught for me is my superpower because it allows me to do things as is. Like I, I'm not formally trained in anything. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how to I use spray paint all the time, but I'm not like a formally trained muralist or graffiti or artist or I use sumi brushes from Japan incorrectly. Like I use Chinese calligraphy instruments wrong to arrive at my own art form, right? And I think, especially in this era, we live on the screens and there's always a way to edit, to subtract, to take away. And so with as is, it's like when creating art, most of the time, the mark or what you're producing or what you wanna write is the first attempt is the thing that you wanna say. That's close, that's the closest to your heart. So the moment you grab a pen and you and you write something, whatever those words are, like that's typically what you want to say to start with. To start with, yeah. It's that backspace button or that delete that gets button you. that that gets you right. So all of my creations start in an analog sense. Like I, I, there's no computer involved, and that's where the as is process comes from. It's like all right, we're going to produce this as, as is, is as honest and raw as possible. So a lot of my work, you don't find a lot of extra. There isn't yeah. a lot of like. 100 pieces that didn't make it to the show because the A is wrong or the colors are wrong. I'm I'm coming from a very honest and imperfect. This is what came out. This is what came, because I'm leaning into the imperfection because I think that's what 
people are inspired by. People want to see work and art and platforms that resemble things to inspire them to let them know that they can make it too. Absolutely. You know, like, so you don't have to have the most, the, the newest computer or the newest right. podcasting platform or the newest whatever this is, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're all looking to see how we can relate to somebody that's making something as close to the opportunity for us to do it too. Yeah. So that's what, that's what As Is is all about. Like, what do you have access to at this very moment that allows you to get to some destination of creativity whether that's one pen or your cell phone yeah. like you can capture video images all with your iphone or your you know, you know? that's it's powerful that you said that because mm-hmm. I, I thought of when you say that i think of um i think of film and tv today mm. and when people talk about representation yeah and inclusion yeah and what it means to have this person in your workplace or to see this lifestyle mm. on your screen hmm. and you and i know that's that's content totally it's content yeah you, know, you watch that and me sitting down with you i took in your content because mm. i related to it in a way mm. you know and when people see these stories and they see themselves it's basically telling them it's okay absolutely to be yourself in absolutely. this space absolutely and for so long you know and many people grow up not understanding that or not or thinking that they have to cater their their world to be a certain way because we didn't have things that represented represented what we looked like you know there was no representation of who we were on television right for very long times i mean we had I mean, it's essentially what it is. What you're seeing now in the content and what's in your front of your screen are your others have made it. Yeah. You know, your yeah. others have created the world that yeah. way. Last question for you. As I told you, I just came back from Mexico. I was traveling, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not a big international traveler in the sense that mm. I haven't been places that are too much different from the United States. Mm. So I've been to Canada, okay. you know, and then uh, the furthest I've been is Jamaica okay. for a resort. But, you know, okay. it's all brothers and sisters there. Yeah. But I took this trip to Mexico um, this a week ago and I'm sitting in the airport and I'm looking at these people and I'm and I didn't stay at a resort. I stayed in Playa del Carmen in a boutique hotel and I'm looking around, wow. and walking around. Me and my girl are looking for food and everyone's looking at us. Mm. And I turned to her and I said, there is no way that I can explain to someone that I'm from here or I could convince someone that I'm from this space. Mm-hmm. I am an other mm-hmm. in this space. Absolutely. I, I don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. I don't look like these people. I haven't seen another mm-hmm. African-American or black mm-hmm. person in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And how so, did that make you feel? So it made me feel, I felt strange at first. Mm-hmm. I felt like, man, what ha- what's going to happen to us? You know, if something mm. were to happen, who's going to hear? Who can, ex- who can I explain this situation to? Mm. But then what's funny is I, we're going out later on another night. And, you know, we're on the bar area. And there's a Spanish guy, clearly been drinking, but having a good time. And comes up. And I found myself having a full conversation with huh. this man and interpreting what he was saying to me. Wow. Even though I had no idea wow. what his language was. Human and it connection. was funny because I'm, I'm with my homeboy and... He's on in his phone in Google Translate trying to translate what he said. So he's like, you know, Coenda, wow, right? you know, put wow, it in your phone. And wow. it, I, the man turned to me and said, I heard him. I knew he was saying, look at him. He has to look in his phone wow. to talk to me. Wow. Wow. And so huh. 
I was like, this is this is powerful that I'm having nice I had this experience man. before yeah. I talked to you because when I first talked to you a couple of weeks back and, and setting this up, I was wondering about what it was it like for you to be in a space mm. where you are clearly the other. Mm. Huh. And but wow. you said I remember you said to me, all, everywhere is the same. Yeah. You know, everywhere is the same. So tell yeah. me tell me about now that I've had that, but tell me about your otherness and how you dealt with that. So moving abroad, especially as somewhere somewhere as far as Southeast Asia, Thailand, we're talking about you don't see many black people at all. Yeah. Um the cultural receptive culture to black people isn't that great. Yeah. Um but as I tell my family all the time, we have one responsibility through all this travel, and that's to change one conversation at a time, to change the perspective and perception of our culture when we talk when and we engage with people. Exactly. Right? Like we are the representatives for the entire African-American community right. when we are when we're everywhere, when we're anywhere, anywhere outside, outside of, of where there's other black people. Like right. we are the representatives for people of color in general right. um because there's a stigma that black people or people of color don't travel and yeah. we do um we travel a lot yeah. um so for me it was that was just the, that was the guiding principle what can i do to ensure that the next time they see a black guy they remember reggie and they say man uh, he was on it he was professional mm-hmm. he spoke you know whatever how however they want to categorize me it's like it's only my my only responsibility is to ensure that the next person has an easier shot absolutely than than we did because of course there's the weird stares there's yeah. police stopping you they want to question you there's i mean people would grab my wife's hair everywhere we went like wow. so i mean that my son's hair so it's just a whole world of like just cultural indifferences that yeah. don't exist anywhere else um and you use that you use that as as an advantage to teach you about their culture. Right. Because one thing you don't want to do is move to a foreign land and not learn something from them. Exactly. Right. Um, so that was the thing for me. Okay. Like I've arrived clearly. I'm the black guy amongst Bangkok. I think on, on uh they said like during rush hour, when the city swells to its capacity, it's maybe 25 million people in the wow. city. Right. And I'm not saying I'm the only black guy yeah, at 25, yeah, I that, but, but I mean, damn near. At 25 million. Yeah, at 25 million, it's maybe 25 <laughs> of us. So, yeah. um, but looking at that, it's like, okay, here we are. What do I have to do now to learn from them? Right. Um, because as your experience that happened in Mexico, when you get into the, when you get into like the underbelly of human connection, Right. It's all the same. It's all the same. Like, we're all experiencing very similar emotions. We're all going through very similar things. We're all in a pursuit of very similar things. Uh, and so, like, there's a language. There's a human language of understanding. You just have to get through the the uh, prejudgments, the, the stuff pre-judgments. that's on the... Yeah, you have the to... The social get, barriers. You have to get through the social barriers first. You know, yeah. things that they see. Because here's the reality. Like, everyone's taught... Most people are taught through television. Yeah. So, Asians are... They're judging me and my family and any other black person from what what they they see see on TV. So every time they would see my son, he's relatively tall. So they would ask him, did he play basketball? Right. Or are we over there in Asia because I rap or I'm an artist? Or You know what I mean? Like, 
So there's these. You can't fault. You can't and you, fault and, that. And you you can't fault that. Right. But I think anybody that anybody that gets there has the responsibility to change it. To change it, right? To Absolutely. Understand that and to, to all be right, a conduit this is, to change. This that. is what Absolutely. it is. Now I'm gonna slightly shift the conversation and change the narrative right. a bit. Um, and so I just leaned into it all. Like that was that was the way that I navigated Thailand and all the other places that I traveled in Asia and Australia, New Zealand. Everywhere we've kind of went up and down that whole other side yeah. of the world for the past four years, and you you just bring who you are to Where you their are. culture wherever you are, and that's being a respectable black person that loves people. Like, all right, like here's all these w- different walks of life, but we love people, and right. we we want to represent. We want to make sure that there isn't a bias or prejudgment or uh, a stereotype placed up in front of this person because something we learn right like it's just equal opportunity equal and what we get is what we get because we understand this comes with the territory of being black of being uh, right space like, that we're in. absolutely um awesome man yeah appreciate it well yeah uh that's it for the heavy part of the conversation cool. you made it through the end man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, fun <laughs> Awesome, man. Thank you for that. So uh, we're going to we're going to end up actually with a couple of quick fire round questions, you know, something uh, just, you know, we want you to come off the top of your head to tell us how you really feel mm. um, and keep it funky with us. Mm. So what give us three words to describe your aesthetic in your lifestyle? Mm. Off the top of my head, easy, easy, bold and honest, easy, bold and honest. OK. What's one thing you love about D.C. and one thing you hate about D.C.? Mm. Um, sh- love. My f- what do I love about D.C.? Man, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be. It's home. Okay. You know, right. Like no matter where I go, I've been having this joke since I've been since I've been back. I, I feel like I'm a native foreigner. Yeah, I can see right? that, like, especially like, in a city like yeah, DC. Yeah, like so so what I do love about it is that it's home because I've lived somewhere for 4 years and I've traveled since high school and I realized that which I was telling you yeah. I think in our first conversation is that uh everywhere you go travel is exciting and fun till it's not anymore. Yeah. Right? So you can travel the world, you can do everything you want to do, but Sometimes if you don't have a home to come back to, it's very uh, disconnecting. I can understand that. So I think, like, one thing I love about D.C. is that no matter where I go in the world, and if I understand the city when I get back, like, my mom is here, my family is here, this is, you know, my, my birth certificate is from, yeah. you know, like, I, this is home to me. Most of the time when I meet people in the street and they're like, oh, you're from, like, I've never met anybody from D.C. Yeah, before. Like, that's becoming kind of a unicorn in the city, right? So, which is strange to me. So I love that it's home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, activated podcast is about the future of content. Yep. Is there a content medium or something out there that's happening in the world that you say, like, man, I want to apply my art to that one day, whether mm. it's like virtual reality? Or- I do like virtual. I like augmented reality a lot. Mm. I like augmented reality a lot, and I've been thinking about ways to incorporate that into my art. Okay. Um, simply because I, with the public messaging and me using words to re-engineer words for people in the public like like basically i'm taking my degree in marketing mm-hmm. and my love for style and design and trying to figure out a way to re-engineer public messaging so instead wow. of us having 
big-ass McDonald advertisements, like, what if there's, like, a, a quote that's on the street that makes you, a thought-provoking quote that, that makes, makes you think, think of McDonald's. right? right? Or the, and it makes you think of McDonald's, or you see it as frequent as you see McDonald's. Ah, uh, yeah. Because we're living in a very, like, trained train modality, line, right? right? Like, this whole thing is about how many times do you see something, which ultimately goes into your psyche, and then you remember it, and that's all you kind of crave. But what if there's positive messaging or thought-provoking messaging? Right. That's out there just as much as like mass media. It's just like affirmation. It's like just you, affirmation. Just replacing advertisement with affirmation. Absolutely. So how how do we replace? I love that. How do we replace advertising with, with affirmation? Love. Yeah. Love. So I think AR. Um, I like podcasting a lot too. Okay. Yeah, I like podcasting a lot because it gives people the chance to hear it directly from yeah the source. And another one of those opportunities for people to see themselves, too. Right. Like, somebody Absolutely. can listen to a whole podcast and not get anything but what's for them, and that's okay because that's what this whole thing was about. Right. Instead of it being, like, a curated photo when you look on Instagram and you see somebody in Mexico with 12 <laughs> girls and you feel like your life is shit. Like, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh man. man. Like, right. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So I think podcasting is an honest way yeah, of, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Podcasting, AR, um sustainability i like uh uh, somehow figuring out a way to support more sustainable causes with my art form um um mental health Mm. i don't know if those are platforms but we talk about like just avenues that i would love to push my art into yeah Yeah. cancer research okay yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah well thank you man yeah this has been an amazing conversation yeah Uh, did we get to the hate part of dc oh we did we sure did what do you hate gentrification Word up, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm I, I'm. It's not like I hate. I love what's happening in the city. I just wish that everybody could be a part of. You don't it. like displacement. I don't like the displacement of it. Um, I love what's happening. I just wish that everybody could be a part of it. Um, and I wish somehow if we can retroactively push back the time. I wish the education would have been there for yeah. real estate and urban development for those that owned and belonged to something. Yeah. Um, you know, um, well, let's end our conversation on this. You know, yep. what's really cool about what you're saying and what's always been powerful about the arts and artists in general is that you went from, you know, using your words and mm-hmm. art to influencing mm-hmm. cancer research and mm-hmm. branding mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that people move throughout the world and yeah. see things coming towards them. Yeah. Uh, in the instance of, why I pursued podcasting mm. was because I understood the power of words, but also I knew the understanding of words in your head. Absolutely. You know, that Absolutely. whisper of your mom saying, Absolutely. you know, those, that conversation Absolutely. that you just want to be a fly on the wall. Absolutely. That I, I love understood that. that. And thank you for that, man. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and what you're doing, man, because Amen. this is important. There's so many people in D.C., whether they're from here or not, that have interesting things to say, and I think Absolutely. you using your platform, using your voice as an opportunity to highlight others. Like, that's the way the conversation grows and move forward. So, uh, appreciate it, brother. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Reggie Black. Yeah. Tell us, uh, before we go, Uh, where can we find you online? Where can we follow you? Where's the next place that you're going to be? So, Instagram, I am Reggie Black. Uh, Twitter, I am Reggie Black. Uh, Facebook, Reggie Black. Website, I am Reggie Black dot com. Black, black. Try to keep black, it all black. easy. <laughs> I, and it wasn't always that way. I like try to keep it all. So I am Reggie Black dot com. I am Reggie Black on Twitter and Instagram. On, Reggie oh. Black on Facebook. Um, what's next? 
Uh, man, it's been an aggressive year. I think I'm going to sit out the rest of this year. I just got back from Hong Kong for the artist residency and collaboration yeah. um, and exhibition there, which was an amazing opportunity. Um, um, uh, a printmaking company there, Marble Print and Clay, we got together and created through a week. We created a body of work uh, spontaneously through merging uh, contemporary art forms which that I brought to the table as well as a modern printmaking form. They do etching, woodcut, lithograph wow. printing. So it's, it was kind of a whole new category of art. So I think um, six exhibitions this year and I've traveled a lot. I think, I'm just gonna, yeah, I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm gonna take a rest. Sorry, for the end of the year. But next year, um, Europe. Okay. Europe and South, Europe and South Africa. Oh wow! Is the is the is what's on my radar? Okay. Um, well, to uh, basically uh, go and uh, kick up some dust. Wow, man! Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, I I want to I want to say privy to all of those travels and, and <laughs> everything that comes from that and the experiences for sure. Yeah, appreciate so, uh, it, man. Well, thank you for joining us on Activated Podcast. Man, pleasure, man. This has been OG Baca. This is Reggie I love Black. that name too, man. I wish I could uh, put OG it, in front of mine. <laughs> OG Black or something like that. All right, audience. Well, peace out. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to Activated, the future of content. This podcast is powered by Candor, a digital production lab based in Northeast DC. We help you build powerful marketing content, connect with your audience, and grow your business. Want to become a content expert? Swing by our studio on the Arts Walk in Brooklyn, or check us out online at candorlabs.com. That's Candor with two A's.